Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,216. My first advice is always say yes. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest calling in from beautiful, sunny, warm Marathon Key, Florida. I wish I was there with you today, Dave. Dave Dusick. Hey, Dave, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Absolutely, brother. Let's do it. All right. Dave Dusick is the founder and CEO of Racetrack Engineering. He started his company as a solution to connect racers throughout the industry to the advanced technology systems that are revolutionizing the sport. His mission at Racetrack Engineering is to invigorate the sport and the motorsport community. In 1978, Dave was diagnosed with a tumor in his right cheek that was said to be an incurable cancer. He was only 13 months old at the time. After numerous surgeries, chemotherapy, and radiation, Dave was declared clear of the cancer two years later. Wonderful. His illness, however, left him with a long-term physical challenge. Dave turned his adversity into his strength and created the Dave Dusick Foundation to help children and their families who are suffering from life-altering illness. So, Dave, I've told our listeners just a little tiny bit about your story and your life. Would you take a moment and share a little more about your career and your passion for automobiles? Oh, man, Mark, I tell you, just to listen to you tell that story about my life gives me cold chills uh, because that's the (laughs) way I view it, man. I uh, Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm 40. I'll be 42 years old here in a couple months. And uh, I just feel like I'm living the dream life, man. I um, I grew up racing quarter midgets uh, right after, you know, right after we realized I was going to get to live my life. I was quickly in a yep. go-kart. And then next thing you know, I'm at the Indy Motor Speedway as an intern. And now I, I have a company that we did um, a little over 500 days at a racetrack last year. And so I spend, Whoa. I, I spend, uh, yeah, for the last 10 years, I've spent more than that. One out of every two days at a racetrack, and for a guy that grew, <laughs> grew up loving car racing, that was a—it's—it's it's really a remarkable life. So, uh, yeah, man, I'm just I'm like everybody else, just trying to get through the world the best I can and uh, and live life. Well, definitely, you're living life. You've discovered the secret sauce to life. That's what Cars has is all about: is people who wrap their passion for what they love into what they do. And uh, boy, you've certainly figured it out. Well, as we continue on your journey, though, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote or a mantra. This is some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success. It's a really nice way to get the inspirational tires smoking in your case since you love to go fast. So, Dave, take the wheel. Ah, man, I tell you what, I I thought about this question a lot. I think it breaks down to two two answers. Uh, The first one is I was on a show a couple of years ago and somebody said, man, Dave, you're involved in all these things. How did you get involved in all these things? And I laughed and then very candidly and honestly answered, I just said yes. You know, when the phone rings <laughs> and they said, hey, Dave, can you do this? I said yes. You know, so so my, my first advice is always say yes. You know, if it's something that interests you um, or something that you have a passion about, don't worry about the details. Just say yes and figure out the details and work hard and you'll figure it out along the way. The second one is really important to me. We have a mantra at Racetrack Engineering called if the industry thrives, we too shall thrive. And basically, mm. the theory is that if you're doing good in the world, the world will take care of you. And, and whether that's a community like the motorsport community 
or even what we do with the Dave Dusick Foundation. You know, when we have a Dave Dusick Foundation event, our goal is not to raise money. That will happen on the backside. Our goal is to throw the best party we can throw. And our goal is to have people have the greatest time they can have. Because if people are having fun, then the fundraising will happen on its own organically. But you got to right. focus on the core values. And so um, if the industry thrives, we too shall thrive. Meaning if you make the world around you better, then you your efforts will be rewarded in the end. And so th- those are two yep. things that I kind of live by. Um, I, these days I'm so busy, I don't always get to say yes anymore. But uh, when I can, <laughs> I take the chance to do so. Well, I'm sad. I'm sad. I'm glad. I should say I'm glad you said yes to me when I invited you to be on this show because what you're doing in so many ways is so inspirational. And there's two things you've touched on here that are really key to me. Uh, Sir Richard Branson, very successful business guy, has a quote about saying, if someone asks you if you can do something, say yes and figure out how to do it later, <laughs> even if you don't know how to do it. So so you're in, in tap with a very, very successful businessman there, which is awesome. But more importantly, was the second part of what you talked about. And I tell you, I've talked to over 1,200 people now on Cars, yeah. And if there's one thing I've learned, we are best as human beings when we are giving back to others. Whether we know it or not, that is when we are happiest, and that is when we are at our best. So again, Mr. Magic here, you figured out the secret sauce to being happy, being fulfilled, is giving back to others, and that's what you do. So I love it. Would you agree with that sentiment? Oh man, I, I absolutely. I am. Um, I have something I call the power of positivity, and I believe that if you give love, you get love tenfold. And I'm very, very blessed to um to be surrounded by a community, a motorsport community full of people that show me love every day. But more importantly, whether it's the the guy at the gas station or the front desk clerk at the hotel that I'm in here and keep in the keys, you know, if you just if you give people love, if you are kind. Um, people give that back to you in spades. And what you get is you get great days. You know, I've, I've had I've got friends all around the world that are random bartenders or random people I've met here and there because people want to interact with good people. And so if you if you put yourself out there, man, um, you'll get it back tenfold. And I'm I'm grateful to, uh, to the power of positivity is very strong in my life. And I'm, I'm grateful for that. Awesome. Great way to go through life. Well, I knew you were going to be an awesome inspiration today, and that's what I love having people here that are inspirational. Well, let's go back in time a little bit here in your story, and tell me about a story that instigated your passion for cars, for racing. Uh, is there a pivotal moment in your life and you knew, you know what, I'm a car guy and I'm going to be a car guy forever? You know, it's funny. Um, there's so much that's happened in my life that uh, it's really hard to think about an answer to that question because it's just been ingrained in me for as long as I can remember. But the truth is, it goes back to just probably a few days over three years old. We had made it through the um, the cancer process, and um, at least the, the hard parts of the cancer process. And uh, my dad had an old family go-kart. And you know what in the world possessed my dad um, to put me in a go-kart at three years old is beyond me. But I guess, <laughs> I guess when your kid beats an incurable cancer, you're like, eh. Whatever. Yeah, what, he know, could do anything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Put <laughs> what else could happen? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, I remember driving the go-kart in grandma's backyard at three years old. And then amazingly, um, in the spring of 1982, I was five years old and we started racing competitively in quarter midgets. And so cars and driving race cars and being at the racetrack and working on cars, you know, people think that race car drivers just go to the racetrack and show up and drive in circles. Man, our, our life was very simple, you know, like 
you know, Monday we unloaded the trailer, Tuesday, Wednesday, you prepped Thursday, you got, got it back on the trailer. And then Friday, you know, you were ready to go off for the weekend and somewhere in there you had to cut grass and do laundry and do all the other things that families do, you know? So, uh, yeah, it, it's yeah. been ingrained in me, but I, I would, I really would say that that first time I strapped that helmet on and uh, my dad's go-kart in my grandma's backyard, I think this, the picture, there's a picture, an old picture of me and the smile on my face shows that I was hooked for life. So <laughs> here we are. Awesome. Here we yeah, are. Yeah, here we are. Look what he never thought what he was going to do at that point for the rest of your life. But you know, it, what's tremendous to me about that story is your dad's spirit. And yeah, the right that he said, wow, we've been through some incredible things. This guy needs some kind of a release or some kind of a excitement to say, hey, life is full of better things. And here's one of them. And uh, wow, that certainly stuck with you. Well, I always like to ask my guests this question about challenges and failure. Certainly with your illness when you were so young, a mega challenge, and it's, it's created challenges for you in your life going forward. But I'd love for you to walk through something that you'd like to share that's a big challenge or a failure, something that was a wonderful learning lesson or that has helped you move forward in your life. And tell us how that experience helped you gain even more momentum as you move forward in your life, your career, and your business? You know, Mark, I um, there's probably 50 answers to this question I could give you right off the top of my head. As, <laughs> I'll bet, yeah. As an entrepreneur and, a, uh, and, and the owner of a not-for-profit entity, you know, I, I face challenges every day. But um, there's two or three that come to mind. And I tell you, I, I think my answer is going to change a little bit. When we talk about challenges, I've kind of become a guy that's able to face challenges pretty easily and not even view them as challenges, right? They just become routine. Um, it's, it's much like a person who works out and they're so strong that, that they can just power through things and it's just normal. You and I would be trying to do 15 push-ups and, and out of breath and, and this guy just doesn't without even thinking about it, right? And I think that goes back to this idea that I'm different looking. And it's something that's happened over time. Um, we, we haven't really talked about it much, but, you know, the cancer was in the, my right cheekbone and, um, and I, my head was like the size of a softball, you know, at 13 months. And they're, and they're doing chemotherapy and radiation and all these things, basically doing anything they can to get rid of the cancer. Long story short, they killed the cancer and everything near it. As I grew into an adult, what happened was the affected areas basically didn't grow at the same rate as the rest of my body. And so that created what we call, we call me the crooked face kid, right? It created a funny looking face. My mm -hmm. right cheekbone and parts of my, parts of my face didn't grow. So there's this lack of symmetry, if you will. And it happened over time, which made it easier to, to sort of swallow and just evolve into. It wasn't like they came in and took a chunk of my face out. It just happened over time. And so to get to the point, I think I've learned that when I walk into a room, I know I'm different. And mm -hmm. if you've never seen me or you don't know me, there's this immediate sense of uncomfortability or just not necessarily uncomfortability, but like, hey, who's this guy? What's this all about? You know, that sort of thing. And yeah, what's the story? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and for, for a lot of my life, I didn't I never thought of it. But then as I've grown and matured and gotten older and I've, I've got a lot of mentors who really put their arm around me and helped me through life. And and they, they've helped me see things from the outside perspective. What I've learned mm. is when I walk into a room now, it's my job to put people at ease. And I realize that if you don't know me, I have to quickly let you know that, you know what, I'm different, but I'm OK. You know, like yeah, I, yeah. I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm quote unquote normal, which I don't really ever want to be normal, but you know what I mean? And, um, <laughs> yeah. 
And it's something that I, to be honest, I live in a community, the motorsport community, a car racing community, where I have I literally have thousands of friends and they all love me and on a daily basis. Nobody thinks anything of it. You talk to my friends and people forget that I'm funny looking, right? But then anytime I go somewhere new or something happens, sometimes there's this reminder. And I, I think it's something I'm probably the most proud of. And it's something that I want. It's part of the reason we have the Dave Dusik Foundation. And it's something that I want to continue to try to drive towards. It's really helping people realize that we all have insecurities and we all have a, our own version of our funny face, but not everybody wears it on their face like I do, right? Um, uh, yeah, yeah, and, I like that. Yeah, right? And so the point is that we all have insecurities, but we're able to hide them. And when you hide your insecurities, they become this, no pun intended, this cancer that lives inside of you, right? And I'm fortunate because I can't hide my insecurities. When I walk into a room, it's obvious that I'm different. And and I have to face those head on. <laughs> Again, no pun yeah, intended. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely said, my friend. <laughs> yeah, but but um. So yeah, when it comes to challenges, and, and I hope that doesn't sound egotistical or arrogant by any means, because I no, don't, I don't mean it to at all. I had this other answer all planned out for you, but the more I thought about it, <laughs> the more I realized that all the other challenges I face in my life really are secondary to the fact that every morning I wake up and go somewhere. And I and I yeah. live with this and I'm I'm totally cool. I tell people all the time, there is nobody in this world I would rather be than me. I am grateful for my life. I am grateful for the chance to live it. And I'm really grateful for the fact that I am different because it allows me to really use this this difference as a tool and hopefully do something positive in the world. Right. Like it, yeah. it's almost like my Superman cape. You know, it makes me special. <laughs> You know, it does, Dave, and, and I'm just here with a super big grin on my face for a variety of reasons. One is Chris Pantini, a mutual friend, connected us and said, hey, you got to have Dave on the show. And I looked you up, and yeah, at first I went, oh, this guy looks really different. What's the, what's the story behind this guy? I mean, that, that's the first thing that inspired me was like, okay, what's going on here? What's happened? Uh, he looks different. Everybody looks a little different, but he looks really different. And as I read more and learn more, now that I get to talk to you, Superman cape is a wonderful way to define that. And what comes to mind is I'm, I'm reading a wonderful book my son Blake gave me for Christmas by Jordan Peterson called The Twelve Rules for Life, An uh -huh. Antidote to Chaos. I'm up to chapter four, and what you're, it would take way too long for me to go and explain all this, but I'll just say, if you haven't read this book, you should get your hands on it. I think it's a fantastic book, and, and it it refers in the first couple of chapters to some of the things you're talking about, how we hide our insecurities mm -hmm. and what a detriment that is to our life and what a detriment that is to us. And the fact that you've spun this potential catastrophic situation, uh, meaning could have killed you, not to say it wasn't catastrophic, but turned it into something very different is truly inspiring. And I would imagine you get to get up and talk in front of a lot of groups. Uh, and help people, and especially kids when they're going through awkward times in their lives. And if they look anything different, it's a brutal time for them. Uh, you know, especially those like junior high years. It's like, oh my gosh. But awesome story. I'm glad you went down that path. That is really cool. And again, a shout out to Chris Pantani. Wow. Goosebumps on my arms. I'm glad you brought up a guy like Chris Pantani. Um, because the thing that's really important to know is that. The only thing that allows me to be me is the people in my life. You know, if mm. you if you act a certain way or you are a certain way or you do something and people support it, then it makes you want to do it again. 
the thing that's really important for me is the fact that my self-confidence comes from the outside world. It comes from inside as well. But the love and I have such a huge safety net of people that I know when I have a bad day. We had a little bit of a situation a couple months ago and guys like Chris Pantani, where there was just some people who misunderstood the way I looked. And, and, and social media can either be a great thing or a bad thing. And I'm blessed in that my social media is my love. It's my safety net, you know, and when I have mm-hmm. a bad day or something happens, I'm willing to share it with the world and the world comes back tenfold with love. And so it's really, it's really, really cool. So I don't want to go down too far of a rabbit hole on this, but I tell you what, again, no matter who you are, um, we all have insecurities, not just 12 year old kids, right? At 40 years old, especially with social media now, we all have insecurities. Oh gosh, yes. (laughs) If you can face them and, and really be honest with yourself, it's just amazing. How, how much better you can make your life if you don't let those things rule you. Well, I'm going to use you as a huge inspiration. I just launched my first TV show, Cars Yeah TV. Awesome. And talk about, talk about having uh, anxiety of being you know, in front of people on television. It's easy when you're behind a microphone, you know, because nobody has to look at you. But uh, yeah, it's been fun. But I'm going to use you as my inspiration next time I have any kind of concerns about, oh, man, how do I look or how am I acting or what, what am I doing here? I'm just going to think, think about Dave. You'll be fine. Okay? That's what my... It can always be worse. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, let's have a little bit of fun like we're not having fun now. I'd love to hear about your first really special car, vehicle, race car, whatever it is, that first time you got into something and went, man, this is pretty cool. Oh, man. You know, it's funny. I I thought about this. We talk about cars, yeah, and and the guests you've had on this show and, you know, the the, the favorite vehicles, you know, that I can only imagine some of the amazing cars you've heard about. um, Oh, yeah. Your first special car. And, and, you know, it's funny because when I think I'm a little bit of a unique case because I grew up driving race cars, right? So the the go-kart that is still in my dad's garage, you know, that my niece, my my eight-year-old niece is getting ready to drive and she'll be the third generation. Like, that's really wow. special. And the first quarter midget that my dad built for me in 1982, that's really special. But I'll be honest, the thing that stands out to me is a 2004 Chevy Avalanche. Um, okay. <laughs> I know, right? And you're like, a yeah. Chevy Avalanche? Like, really? Oh, wow. <laughs> like, with the plastic sides? Like, that thing's ugly as sin, you know? <laughs> um, but, but it goes back to understanding your place in your life and how vehicles can have a special moment, right? Wow. Um, yeah. A lot of guys, their favorite car is their high school car because that's where they met the love of their life or, or, you know, their car they had in college because they went on spring break and there were seven of them that piled into the back of it, you know, to get to Florida or whatever, you know. For me, the avalanche came in a critical point in my life. I had moved back to Indiana. I had started racetrack engineering. Um, I didn't have any money. I didn't have any sense. I didn't have any knowledge of what I was actually doing, but I had a dream. I had a dream to take all the things I learned at Indianapolis and give that to the rest of the motorsport industry. Take that knowledge and filter it around the industry. And, and but as a twenty, I don't know, I was, I was twenty six, twenty seven, twenty eight, late 20s kid. I didn't necessarily know how to go about that. But long story short, me and this Chevy Avalanche, man, I embarked out on the world, on the country. And I said, I'm going to go to as many racetracks as I can go to. I'm going to go to as many races as I'm going to go as I can go to. I just want to soak up as much knowledge, as much information, meet as many people as I can. Well, when you're starting a business, you don't have any money. And so staying in hotels and traveling the world is expensive. I took this Chevy Avalanche. And if you remember, they had the bed in the back and it had a cover on it and it sealed itself off. So if you you folded that back seat down, 
you could go from the front of the truck all the way into the bed completely sealed like a giant trunk almost if you will right? <laughs> okay yeah so like so many of us have done in the past i essentially lived out of my avalanche i built a bed in the back and i would sleep in it with my head in kind of the cab part portion and then my lower body kind of in what was the uh the bed of the truck if you will and then i had a little storage area in the back and i um i it's ironic i'm down here in florida in january because that seems to be a theme but you know i came to florida and lived in my truck for for six weeks in january february and march because wow. in january february and march the only place to find racing is in florida so yeah. uh cool so yeah it's a, Chevy avalanche. <laughs> it's a unique story it's a, a red Chevy avalanche and, and I, they've stopped making them and I, I'll, I'll be honest i'm thinking about buying another one and and now you know luckily i'm, I'm not eating I, I'm, I'm making just enough money to not have to eat peanut butter and ramen noodles but uh, there you go <laughs> but i'll tell you the idea of buying an avalanche and living out of the back of that truck i uh I would do it again in a heartbeat, man, because just like wow. the guy who met his girlfriend in high school or the college memories, you know, when I think about where we are with our racetrack engineering business and I think back to those days with that avalanche. And again, I, I'll make a short story long, but I actually was driving from a race overnight, middle of the night from Georgia to Tampa, Florida. And that avalanche started running bad and I pulled into a truck stop and I slept for the night. I got up in the morning. And I took off to go to the racetrack. And I was broke, man. I didn't have anything, but we were going to race 30 nights in a row at this racetrack in Tampa. And I was going to make some money, some real money mm -hmm. for the first time in my life. And the truck blew up an hour and a half, like a hundred miles outside the racetrack. And I'm like uh. sitting on the side of the road. And I'm like, you're kidding me. Like I literally have $80 to my name. I got a broken down race truck or a truck on the side of the road. And I got to get to the racetrack so I can make real money, you know? And this, that story is a whole nother story that doesn't need to be told. But, you know, those memories, when I think of the, the success we have now, those memories make me proud because it wasn't yeah. easy and we persevered and we stuck through it. But that uh, that Chevy Avalanche in the end, and this is a, a again, most people wouldn't would never tell this story publicly on the radio. But in the end, that the Chevy Avalanche was actually repossessed through a bad period of time when 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 I went I, I, I run out of money in March, you know, and that was, I guess it was a couple of years later. But uh yeah, that, that old avalanche, man. She and I have been through the world. And uh, unfortunately, I think you she, need another one. Yeah. I know. She's, we split up. We had to split up, but uh, but we yeah. made it. We, we, we're, 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 um, we're, we're clean and green now. But if it weren't for that avalanche, man, I, I, would, I would have never made it to where we are today. So, wow. so no, well, it's not a 69 Camaro. I'm sorry, disappoint. It's a 2004 okay. avalanche. The story's much better, and it just proves where there's a will, there's a way. Is there a, a vehicle remorse story? I should say seller's remorse story in your life. Car you wish you had back. Is it, is it that one? Yeah, it's funny you say that. I, I, I guess I skipped ahead by, by talking about the, the repo man. But um, yeah, man, I, uh, I'll never forget it. I, I was um, little things you learn as a business owner. I was six weeks behind on a payment. And um, because I didn't have a lot of money in my bank account, I figured I guess they figured I was a risk. And uh and sure enough, I'll never forget that I'm laying on the couch watching. It was the weekend of the Final Four basketball game. And I'm, uh, I'm laying on the couch watching the Final Four. And my, my neighbor comes running through the door screaming, get your keys, get your keys. And I'm like, what are you talking about, dude? And he's like, the repo man. And apparently he had seen this before. I would have never known. But apparently he had driven up and down the street, like scoping out my truck, you know. And I'll never forget it. It ended up being one of the best days of my life because... Even though my truck was re being repossessed and that was the signaling of the fact that I had, quote unquote, failed at that moment in time. 
the love of my neighbor, you know, his passion. He was trying to protect me because he knew if I could get my truck and drive it, they can't like chase me down, you know. But then even like the repo guy was totally cool. Like I'm like, hey man, like it's literally full because I told you I lived out of the darn thing. At this point, I had a house, so I was in my house, but. But uh, it was full of stuff. I mean, it had coolers. It had all sorts of stuff in it, you know, probably still had cold beer in it. And I'm like, hey, man, I'm like, can I get my stuff out? And the repo guy's like, totally. He's like, dude, if you don't get it out, I got to inventory it when I get back. He's like, so he waited like 45 minutes for me to clean this thing out completely. And then finally he took it. He got halfway down the street and I realized I still have my Indianapolis 500 parking sticker in the window. So I chased oh, no. him down and I just being <laughs> sentimental, right? I chased him down like, oh, please let me get the sticker out. And it's like, sure thing, man. No problem at all. So it was uh, it, it, looking back again. It's a it, most people don't think that the repossession of a vehicle is a funny story. But I look at it as a life experience. But that uh, I, I definitely you're, my CFO is not going to like you because I'm going to go buy me an avalanche now. <laughs> <laughs> You opened up now, that part of my heart. <laughs> that's okay. You just tell him to call me. I'll tell him everything's fine. Don't worry, dude. It's I appreciate okay. it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'd love for you to share a little bit about the Dave Dusick Foundation, because this is a really important thing, how you've learned to give back. Again, we go back to that story of the importance of giving back. So what do you do with the foundation? How do you help people? The foundation is another one of these projects where... um I'll be honest with you. I'm not really that smart. I don't have these grand plans and say, I want to do this and this is what it's going to look like. And then I go do it. I just kind of something happens and I have an inspiration and I follow my heart. And um, Mm -hmm. the Dave Dusick Foundation story is so fun. And it goes back to this whole idea of just saying yes. A buddy of mine showed up at the bar one night with a shirt that said, I know Dave Dusick. And the whole idea is, to be honest, I think was to make friends, you know, was to kind of just to be a joke. and, And we used it as an opportunity to. I mean, let's just be frank. We use it as an opportunity to talk to girls, you know? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, we were young and dumb, whatever. So long story short, the days of social media, pictures of this shirt go up on the internet and people go nuts. They're like, oh, I got to get me an I Know Dave Dusick t-shirt. And I'm like, are you kidding me right now? Like, who in the who in the world wants a t-shirt with my name on it? You know, like, this is crazy. But then believe it or not, there was enough of a response. We decided, okay, we're going to make these crazy t-shirts. And um but we realized at the time that I'm not going to profit from a T-shirt with my name on it. Although this was about the time I needed the money. So if I were smarter, sure. I would have. <laughs> I might still have that avalanche. But again, doing the right thing. We decided that any if we made any money from the T-shirts, we would give them to Riley Children's Hospital. Riley Children's Hospital is the hospital that I credit with saving my life. It's a, um, a tier one children's pediatric institution in Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, it's right along the lines of like a St. Jude or something like that. Um, they're they're yeah. just remarkable, in, in, uh, amazingly enough, in Indianapolis, Indiana. But um, so fast forward, we um, we sold some t-shirts. We've sold thousands of t-shirts throughout the years, which is still crazy to me to see a t-shirt with my name on it. But, um, <laughs> but in the end, we formalized all that and created what is now the Dave Dusick Foundation. And um, right. the, the goal of the foundation is ultimately we want to help families who are in the position now that my family was in 40 years ago. You know, my mom was 24 years old going through nursing school. My dad is 25 years old and he is working as a mechanical designer, trying to support his, his newlywed wife and his new baby. And oh, by the way, you know, I spent the better part of every day of two and a half years at Raleigh Children's Hospital. Like it's an amazing thing to think about two people in their mid twenties raising a baby that's dying. You know, and oh, by the way, they still yeah. got to go to work and pay their bills, you know. Right. 
And um, the new hospital bills. Yeah. Yeah. Medical bills. Yeah. And, and, and my mom says that dealing with the insurance companies back then, it's a little better now because of the insurance or because of the internet, but it's still, a, she said it's a full-time job just to argue with the insurance companies about oh, gosh. Yeah. what's happening and whatnot. Um, and yeah. I'm not, I'm not being negative about I mean, insurance. If without insurance, we would never made it right. But it's a, the administration of it is very hard. And so long story yeah. short, it's really about the families and it's about figuring out how to help the families. And so currently um, we give all the money directly to Riley Hospital. But my, my grand vision is hopefully within the next few years, we can get um, get some legs under this thing. It's grown exponentially in the last several years, and I think it's going to continue to do so. Um, much cool. to the efforts of people like Cooper Tires and Chris Pantani and all the people that support our um, our charity events. But yeah, the foundation is something I'm probably the most proud of. But just like everything else, I, Pantani and I joke that we should call it the friends of Dave Dusick Foundation because the truth is, um, all my friends and all the people in my life are the ones that support the foundation. Um, yeah. We like to say I'm just a pretty face, you know. So um, <laughs> there you go, nice. Yeah. How, so do, the, how can people listening learn about it? Is there a, a website for it? Oh, uh, that's a novel concept. Huh, I'm not very good at marketing, <laughs> am I? Yeah. So uh, you can go to DaveDusickFoundation.org, DaveDusickFoundation.org, or uh, it's more fun just to type I know DaveDusick.org, and Dusick <laughs> is D-U-S-I-C-K. So I know DaveDusick.com. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Well, I'll make sure I put a link to that on Dave's show notes page on the Cars Yeah website. Go check out what he's up to. Of course, we'll have links to his business there as well. He's got Facebook page, all the fun stuff. Dave, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsor. Do you know the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and the interior, is with a car cover? I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. That's right. 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft has been manufacturing premium quality exterior and interior covers for over 50 years with a stellar reputation for durability and design. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom patterned vehicle covers that are crafted to fit over 80,000 patterns and growing. They are the only cover I'll put on my vehicles. You can choose from a wide variety of fabrics, styles, colors, and more. From full cover designs for factory to custom-made vehicles, plus convertible top covers, trucks, truck cab coolers, motorcycles, scooters, ATVs, trailers, campers, personal watercraft, and a wide variety of custom features. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark sent you. That's Covercraft.com. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at carsyeah.com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah website at carsyeah.com. Hey, Mark Green here from the Cars Yeah podcast. Did you know you can now see me on the Cars Yeah TV show? That's right. Cars Yeah is now on MAV TV. I visit some of the past Cars Yeah guests and take you along for the ride. Go to MavTV.com to learn more where you can enjoy Cars Yeah TV. MAV TV is also available on DirecTV, Fubo TV, Fios by Verizon, or you can stream it through MavTV.com online. 
And they said I only had a face for podcasting. Okay, Dave, we are back. We're going to get into the last lap in a second. But first, I have a very introspective question for you. If you woke up tomorrow, manifested into a vehicle, a car, a race car, what would you be and why? Ooh. <laughs> you know, I, I'll be honest. I, I've spent a lot of time thinking about this question. I'm like, man, there's some <laughs> really cool cars out there, you know. I uh, I currently drive a Camaro, and I, I love my Camaro. It's old old school American muscle, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. But I asked some friends this question um, recently at a racetrack. I'm like, okay, guys, if you were to describe me as a car, what would I be? And uh, one of my buddies said a rat rod. And I'm like, a rat rod? He's like, yeah. <laughs> He's like, because it's unique. It's one of a kind. It's not production. There's nothing normal about you. You know, like it's a one of a kind. And you can't go to the store and buy parts for you. That's for darn sure. Like it's a, <laughs> it's, it's a unique, unique creature. And uh, my family would say that it's, it's God's work. But regardless, it, uh, I, I definitely think I'm a one-off. Um, I'm not going to say I'm a hot rod because that sounds a little blasphemous. But yeah, definitely like a rat rod. I'm, I'm, I'm something somebody cobbled together in the garage. And you, it doesn't look like much running down the road, but she'll run like a son of a gun if you put your foot in her. And pretty darn cool, too. Well, you've got an awesome friend there. That's, I think you're the first rat rod on Cars, yeah, which is pretty incredible after 1,200 plus guests. A rat rod. I like that. Nicely yeah, well, done. I'm not surprised, but I, 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 uh, I you know, there, there's, there's no, <laughs> there's probably not a lot of Dave Dusics out there running around right now. So yeah, you're one of a kind. You're one of a kind, Dave. Well, uh, I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of that rat rod throttle. So here we go. What's the best automotive or racing advice you've ever received? Um, really simple. I was a young kid. We were working on my quarter midget. My dad was rebuilding the motor and I was trying to help, but I was maybe seven years old. And I'll never forget, it gets the whole thing put back together. And I don't know how I was probably messing around, but I dropped a bolt down, back down into the cylinder. Um, and and yes, right. The whole thing's put back together, heads on everything. And I dropped this bolt down into the cylinder. I was probably playing around with the spark plug hole. Who knows? Whatever. Mm -hmm. And instead of getting mad and screaming at me, which I probably deserve, he just looked at me and laughed and said, no problem, man. It's just parts. It's just metal. It's just, it's nothing. It's just parts, you know? So even my Camaro, like I love my Camaro, but it's just a car. It's just metal. Like if it gets crashed, it gets crashed. Just I'll just we'll just go get another one, you know. It's just parts. Nicely said. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your many successes over the years? So my COO, who also happens to be my sister, said this about me the other day. And at first I was like, wait. And then I realized she was right. She said, you know, Dave's not that smart. He just works really hard. And I was like, <laughs> is that a compliment? <laughs> kinda. Kinda <laughs> sorta maybe. I think yeah. that's the point. Be passionate and be dedicated. They're yeah. never gonna have it all figured out. But if you want it bad enough, you can figure it out. And so stick to it, stick to your heart, follow your heart and do whatever it takes and um, and you'll get there. Just work hard. Now, how about a resource? There are awesome resources these days. Is there one you'd like to share? All this, all of our uh, our online digital media from DaveDusick.com is, is kind of the umbrella. From DaveDusick.com, uh-huh. you can get to RacetrackEngineering.com. I know DaveDusick.com and of course, all of our social medias. I live a pretty good life and I share a lot of my life, um, including pictures of my perfect bay view here in the Keys right now um, on (laughs) social media. So if you want to come along for the ride, join us on social media. It's at Dave Dusick on all of the channels, uh, Insta, Insta, Twitter, Snapchat. What's the other one? Facebook. Facebook, It's out there somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. 
Now, if I could wave a magic wand and arrange for you to have a drink with anyone in the automotive or racing industry, living or deceased, who would that be? Oh, man, I, I, I tell you, I'm fortunate to almost get to live that life, right? Like I spend every Saturday night having a drink with some of my heroes. But yeah. I'll be honest with you, I think I've already done it. I was sitting in race control at the Indianapolis 500 one time, and I was in the room by myself. Rick Mears came in and sat down with me. Rick like, would like to come in and hang out with me because it was quiet. And we could just talk about racing and nobody bothered him. Well, he's in there. And the next thing you know, Alan Sr. walks in and he's hanging out with Rick, you know. Wow. And, then, and, then, and then you throw on top of that, I, they must be texting each other or something. Now Johnny Rutherford walks in and sits down and starts Whoa. talking to me. I've got four Indianapolis 500 wins with Al Sr., four wins with Rick Mears, and three wins with Johnny Rutherford. So you've got 11 Indianapolis 500 wins in what is arguably the heyday of the Indianapolis 500 in American motorsport, right? And they're sitting there. And at this point, like, they're having their own conversation, and I'm just sitting there doing my little job working these cameras by myself, you know? And it was unbelievable to listen to these guys tell these stories. And because... What it did was it took my heroes and it made them mortal. And, right. it made, and, yeah. and we weren't drinking any beer, but man, I wish we were. But uh, but to, but to listen to the stories these guys tell, I um I don't know that I could create a cooler experience in my imagination. No. So uh, <laughs> no. so that that memory will live with me forever. No doubt. Wow, what a fortunate day. Well, how about a book? Is there a book that you could refer to our listeners that you've really enjoyed reading that inspired you? Oh, man, I I read a ton of books. The older I get, the more I read because I I can learn so much. Uh, One day I hope to write a book. So if that ever happens, that's going to be the book I recommend. Um, (laughs) Okay. But you let me know when you have that ready. (laughs) I'm working on it. That's that's one of my pet projects that my my executive team is not very fond of. They're like, you have to do the work you need to do, not the work you want to do. Exactly. One of my favorite books of all time, motorsport related, is Chris Economaki's book called Let Them All Go. And if you don't know Chris's story, man, Chris is what we call the dean of American motorsport. He started selling papers as a kid in New Jersey at a racetrack. In 50 years, he became the editor of Speed Sport Magazine. And in those 50 years, man, he saw this sport go from a bunch of hoodlums running cars in circles to what it is today. And in this book, he talks about the evolution of the sport and about all of the jobs he had throughout the years. And how he helped promote the sport and how the sport grew and evolved. And it's just a really cool, like, history lesson about the sport of auto racing in our country and how it, how it grew from the guy that literally saw the whole thing unfold from the top down. You know, he was the yeah. editor of, the, of what, what we called the Bible. You know, growing up, yeah. getting Speed Sport News on Wednesday, that was the highlight of my week, you know. Chris Economaki, let them all go. It's a great, great read. He's a great writer. And, uh, It's a fun, fun book. A legend for sure. Well, listeners, you can find all these great resources Dave has shared on his Cars Yeah show notes page. Again, just go to CarsYeah.com, type in Dave Dusick, D-U-S-I-C-K. Now you can say, I know Dave Dusick as well. So here we are up to the checkered flag, Dave. This last question can be a bit of a doozy, but it's a fun thought. Today, I'm going to buy you any cool collector car, race car, whatever you want. I'm going to park it in your garage, but there's a couple rules of this game. One is... You have to drive it and enjoy it. I don't think that's a problem for you. <laughs> Secondly, uh, you can't sell it to buy a bunch of other toys with. So if you pick the most expensive car on the planet, you got to live with it. And it's the only cool collector car, vintage race car, whatever you choose that you can have. So choose wisely. Oh, man. You know, I, I just rode in an Uber last week that was a Tesla, and I was super impressed. I really 
I'm a car guy and I grew up and I was really pushing against this electric thing, but I'm really starting to come around. My one of my yeah. best friends, Scott Elkins, is the is the race director for Formula E. And he um he talks about the the success of Formula E and his Teslas yeah. are awesome. But man, I my biggest concern being a technology guy is if I get a Tesla, it'll be it'll it'll be outdated and 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 coming up. <laughs> That's why most people choose a classic or collectible car with I, this question. But was, I'll buy you whatever you want. I was going to choose a Tesla, but I'm not. You know what? I'm gonna. I want a USAC Silver Crown car. And if you're oh. not if you're not familiar, a USAC Silver Crown car is like an overgrown sprint car. It's an open wheel car that runs on both pavement and dirt. They have a, a 360 cubic inch motor in them. But the thing I love about the Silver Crown car is it's like the last untainted form of American motorsport, right? Like yeah. it looks like the Roadsters sort of of the of the, the glory days of the Indianapolis 500. It doesn't have a lot of wings and BS on it. But it's just yeah. pure, raw American horsepower. It's got like a 55-gallon fuel cell in the back because they run 100-mile races without a pit stop. It's got this big, huge right rear tire on it that you run the whole race on one tire, so you got to learn to manage the thing. Like, it's, it's raw American racing. Like, you just get in the car, and it's just you with a whole lot of motor, a whole lot of fuel, and a whole lot of tire. And you got to go 100 cool. miles. And, yeah. and when you think about timeless, the Silver Crown car will be absolutely timeless. So let's get me a Silver Crown car. Let's paint it okay. up. And to honor my dad, <laughs> we'll paint it up to match my 1982 quarter midget. And we'll hand letter the numbers and we'll go racing. That sounds like fun. Well, you know what's neat about this? You are such a unique individual. That is the first time anyone's ever asked for that kind of vehicle on this show. So that makes you even more unique and special, Dave. You have taken us on a wonderful ride today, my friend. I've really enjoyed getting to know you better. I want to thank you for sharing your amazing journey. And I wondered if you could offer our listeners a little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you rip off down the track in that USAC Silver Crown race car. Oh, man, I think, I think it's simple and it goes along with kind of where we started and we'll come full circles. Be the best you. Not everybody has a crooked face, but we all have the things that make us unique. And the truth is, we're all very, very, very unique. If we embrace the things that make us unique, instead of trying to be like everybody else, then the world gets a lot easier because you blaze your own trail. You don't have to follow in anybody's footsteps and you can do what you want, when you want, because you want, and you can be happy doing it. So um, be the best you. Nicely said, my friend. And what's the best way, again, for listeners to follow along in your world? Ah, man, the easiest. Just go to DaveDusick.com. That's always going to have the latest and greatest, whatever project or pet project we're working on. And then, of course, all the social media channels uh, at DaveDusick, D-A-V-E-D-U-S-I-C-K. There you go. And again, listeners, you can find these links on Dave's show notes page on the Carjow website. Dave, have fun down there in the Keys. Wish I was with you. It's uh, actually a little sunny here, but a little cold in the Pacific Northwest. But the rain is coming back this week, so I'm a little jealous. Thanks for being so generous with your time, your expertise, and for sharing your experiences with the Cars Yeah audience. Until you and I talk again, my friend, I'll see you down the road. Hey, Mark. Thank you, brother. I'm so grateful to uh, to have this conversation. Like I said, the people in my life make my life great. And anytime we can talk about cars, talk about racing, talk about raising money for the Raleigh Children's Hospital, um, I'm always game to do it. So thank you so much. I make this offer to everybody. Next time you're in Indianapolis, look me up. I'll be glad to give you a tour of the Indy 500 and show you around, and uh, let's have some fun. There you go. 
You take care of your cars, but who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines. Updating your financial plan is important, too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified, and he's a car guy too. Learn more at chrisvkimball.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.